Boat Boys podcast starring Izzy Glick and Connor High coming to you from, again, my living room. Week three, Izzy, how you doing? I am well. Your cat's kind of throwing me off, but that's okay. <laughs> uh, no, nah, I'm good, man. Life's been crazy. Uh, sorry for the delay in the podcast. Uh, I will take sole responsibility for that. Uh, you know, as they say, life got in the way. Yeah. Uh, work, new job, uh, stuff going on at home. Um, everything is okay. You know, my wife is going to hear this and be like, what's going on at home? (laughs) Everything is fine. Everything Um, is fantastic. Yeah. um, Lots of Sixers games uh, that were watched either in person or on TV. I was going to say, you were at a pretty decent amount. Yeah, I've been to three home games. Yeah. Um, We'll get into that then. But yeah, life is good on my side. Uh, how's life going for you? Life is good on my side. Nothing really too, uh, too crazy to report. Been watching a lot of games. Uh, nothing in person just yet, but going too soon. Uh, but yeah, no, it's been it's been good. Um, so definitely, definitely excited to to keep going with uh, the season for the Sixers. It's been an interesting one so far, but an entertaining one. That's so that's we're yeah. we're gonna just jump right in. The last episode we did uh, was literally twenty minutes before game one, game one yep. against the Pelicans. Yep, and we were like, listen, you know. This, these were our expectations. This is what we're anticipating. And now 12 games into the season, uh, we're coming off a loss last night to the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, a lot has happened with the team. and COVID has COVID happened had, yeah. to the team. Yeah, outside of the Ben Simmons situation, which has been a whole other we'll, we'll entity. D- we say we'll, this every time. We will talk briefly on it. Yes. Last time we said briefly, it took half the episode. Yes. Uh, but not much has happened, so we'll, we'll speak briefly on that, uh, but we're excited to talk about where the team is at currently, because now we are actually playing basketball, uh, so we can get into all the nitty-gritty of what's going on in the season, not just what's going on with Ben. Yeah. So, I think so far, because right now, Embiid is out with COVID. Yep. Tobias Harris is out with COVID, yep. but questionable for tomorrow night. Yes. Um, Danny Green had a hamstring injury. Yep. Isaiah Joe, out with COVID. Um, it's East Lable out with COVID. And then last night, I mean, you had Seth with a foot contusion. Yeah. That's just one game. Uh, but there was a whole slew of injuries. I mean, I think they played maybe four or five healthy games. No, nah, it was yeah, more than uh, that. I forget yeah. how many more it was. It hasn't been many, but we forget sometimes that we're still in a global pandemic. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, sports has been, uh, to kind of get away from the whole basketball aspect, but sports has been a great distraction to this whole global pandemic. Yes, I agree. Um, so, like, I remember when Tobias came down with COVID and, you know, he, Doc was talking about how he was ruled out. Uh, it, like, threw me off for a second because mm-hmm. I was like, what do you mean? Yeah. What, what is health and safety protocol? And I was like, ah. It's like, right. ah, we're back. Yeah, yeah, back into the pandemic. Um, yeah. Which we'll talk about because to have, you know, five Sixers, you know, who have been in that health and safety protocol and Adam Silver not step in at all, I don't know what the – he didn't step in last year either. Yeah, but, I mean, at what point is it, like, I mean, legitimately, I think we had like seven or eight guys last night. It was, like, seven and a half. It yeah. was, like, you it, have it guys. Was like five minutes of Charles Bassey. Yeah. <laughs> you have guys that are, like, available, but you, they very clearly don't want to play them. Like, Jaden Springer is with the team, their first-round pick, and yeah. he hasn't played any minutes, uh, which kind of surprises yeah. me a little bit. I know he doesn't like to play the young guys. But Tyrese Maxey has played like 80 minutes in the last they two games on a back-to-back. Yeah, they literally gave him a blackout the other night. And, yeah. And we're like, or the other day, it was like, you cannot be in this gym. Yeah. Be at home. 
Because, yeah, he's coming off in, like, the last three games, he's played, like, 120-odd-some minutes, mm-hmm. which is crazy. Yeah. Um, considering in that span, I think he – I don't know if he has a single turnover. It's If he does, it's, like, one or two. Yeah. Like, he, he has not turned he the ball has been, over He much. has been very productive for – a young kind of unproven guy who's kind of just given the keys to this team and said, Hey, go ahead. And I think the thing I really like most about this team so far, and we'll start diving into like the games, like specifically yeah. here soon. This is just kind of a broad thing. Um, aside from how deep they are, I really like how versatile they are. Like you have guys like Shake Milton, I think coming into the league was primarily your ball handler who can score. And now at last night, Granted, I understand the circumstances, but he was literally playing uh, on one of the wings. Yeah, well, like he was playing forward last night. Yeah, like well, I remember drafting Maxi, and there was all this talk of okay, so now your bench depth, your point guard, shooting guard, will become Tyrese Maxi and Shake Milton. Because mm-hmm. I remember everyone trying to brainstorm the shake and bake, yeah. shake and Maxi. Yeah. yeah. Um. So I think I think naturally. Shake is a obviously. I think he's a two. I think he's an off ball, uh, off ugh, English is hard today for me. Uh, <laughs> an off ball wing. Uh, I mean, he's put on a lot of muscle in these past two or he three has. years. Yeah. Um, what's very evident is his ability to get to the rim and finish. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, compared to last year, I don't have stats for this, but just an eyeball test. Uh, he is finishing a lot of and ones this year. Uh, a lot of times where he's getting to the rim and he's just kind of shoulder shrugging defenders off. Yeah. Uh, and then you have Maxi, who the more I watch his game, the more I'm like, this is De'Aaron Fox. He's so quick. He is. He last night he now Giannis blocked the shot, mm-hmm. but he beat Giannis on a step. Like, yeah. Like like blew by him. Now obviously Giannis has you know a wingspan that could reach from here to California. Right. Um. But to, to be that quick and that explosive, and he is a good finisher. He still needs a little bit of work, I mean, coming from a guy who's sitting in a living room doing a podcast. <laughs> um, but, I mean, that is a high-difficulty shot mm-hmm. to even kind of have the confidence to be like, hey, I'm going to go up against the two-time MVP, finals MVP, most improved player, defensive player of the year, athlete in Giannis, mm-hmm. and try and scoop the shot up over him. Kind of shows a lot, to me anyway, that the team and Maxi himself is is confident. Yeah. That which I think is a really big key factor on the season. Um, again, you're taking a second year guy who I get it. It's the NBA, so everyone that's coming in should be good. Right. Um, but you're taking Maxi, who is now in the in the point guard position for the Sixers, where they had Ben Simmons, who I still believe is a very good player in this league. Oh yeah. I, I think we need to change the expectation of what Ben Simmons is, um, but he's still a phenomenal player. And then to basically f- put Maxi into that same scenario where it's like, hey, here are the keys, go do something with it. It's super impressive to me as a guy that, what, two days ago turned 21, mm-hmm. has done a fantastic job kind of just guiding the ship. Yeah. But yeah, it's been a... Uh, I know I just talked a lot about Maxi. Yeah. <laughs> But, I mean, there are tons of guys we can talk about. Uh, George, the minivan, Niang. Um, the minivan, yeah. Uh, dude, that is the best nickname in the NBA. Uh, what, uh, uh, what what was it that um, Reggie Miller called him last night? I, I'll have to look it up here in a sec. But I like the fact that you brought up uh, confidence yes. with Maxi Because I read an article by Kyle Newbeck of the Philly Voice today. And he was he did a really nice piece on Tyrese Maxey. 
basically saying how guys tell him it's like you are you spend all this time on your shot mm-hmm. put the shots up and you see Danny Green after he hit a three last night Danny Green remember that clip a couple years ago in the playoffs Jimmy Butler is yelling at Embiid to keep shooting it yeah that's kind of what Green was doing in that situation he's he's like keep getting those shots up man like, yeah especially and again the kind of silver lining to this whole COVID thing is the ability. Uh, to see what the younger guys have to offer. You know, guys like Maxi and Paul Reed um, and even five minutes of Charles Bassey, uh, just to see what they have available and, and what they can do when given the opportunity. So, I mean, Maxi last night had 17 first-quarter points. Mm-hmm. Uh, a guy who is more so known for his explosiveness and his quickness mm-hmm. uh, to be shooting lights out, you know, and, and for a, a period of time there be the guy to go and get buckets for the team. Um, it, it's it shows a lot about again about that the team's confidence in Maxi as a player with Danny saying hey you work and work and work shoot the ball mm-hmm. like it says it, it's a lot to to Maxi's character that he's just like yeah let's go like I I said going into the season I think Maxi's development is really going to help guide yes. what way they go yes. as far as a trade for Ben Simmons yes. I know obviously they they're very adamant they don't want to trade Simmons but that becomes very likely by the day. Um, that's what's going to happen. And I said at the it beginning... has to at this point. Yeah, I said at the beginning, I said if Maxi shows that he can handle the team, handle himself, uh, and just stick with the starting unit, at least, then I think it gives him a little bit more flexibility. Okay, maybe we can go out, a CJ, go out and get a CJ McCollum. Uh, you know, Jalen Brown, maybe. Uh, Fingers crossed. <laughs> uh, but if he struggles, then it's going to be like, all right, well, now we kind of have to guide more so yeah, like a D'Angelo Russell, we need a Malcolm Brogdon. Yeah. yeah. So I think that's been very big for um, yeah, it, Maxi, And mm-hmm. I, I really like the fact, um, I think it was, uh, I heard Doc, I think they said in the broadcast last night, Doc is t- Ma- telling Maxi, like, nobody is quicker than you. Show how quick you are. Get to the hoop. And I think that's worked out really well. For Maxi, because he has such a quick first step, and you oh were gosh, saying about yeah. getting around Giannis. Yeah, Giannis blocked the shot, but how, he had Giannis beat. Well, and how many people in the NBA are really going to block that shot? Giannis, it, maybe Rudy Gobert, maybe Kevin. Durant. You're, you're talking maybe about like five people. Yeah, with a, an incredibly long wingspan. Yeah. like Maxi had him beat. Yeah, and because of a long wingspan, and yeah, Giannis, he, was, he was able to make up for that lack of step. exactly. But yeah, I mean, the dude is just like I said. He the more I watch his game, the more I go, wow, this is De'Aaron Fox. This mm-hmm. is sprinkles of John Wall athleticism, where it's just go. This is what Markel Fultz was supposed to be. Yes, this. Is makeup for Markel Fultz with a developing jump shot. Yes. Very quick, can get to the hoop, create their own shot. And that's the one thing I actually think is a very underrated part of Maxi's game is the fact that he has kind of developed creating his own shot. He's created a nice step back for himself. Oh, yeah. That step back is is beautiful. He broke it out at one point last night. I was like, that's pretty clean. Yeah. Everything he does is just so quick. And I think there's the one thing that I think they'll need to work on, and I think Maxi will improve with as he goes. Um, I think uh, playmaking a little bit may, might yeah. need some work. I think he only had like five assists last night. Yeah, four or five. Uh, and I remember watching early on in the season, it seems like they're trying to facilitate more so through the centers, like Embiid and Drummond, more so than the point guards. Yeah. And I think that just kind of comes with chemistry and them learning to play together. Yeah, and again, he's 21. He's 21, and, and yeah, exactly. He knows the game of basketball, but now you're playing at the highest level where things happen in the you know the blink of an eye. Mm-hmm. So you have to be able to see that. So right. 
you know, he'll he'll work into he's he's a good passer and he he, is. and he's making smart decisions. He's not making dumb turnovers. Um, it's just having to see what's you know. If you drive here, this defender's going to step in here, meaning Danny in the corner is going to be open. Mm-hmm. It's just stuff like that. Um, How many years do we see turnovers be the biggest issue with this team? I Whether mean, it was under Brett Brown or Doc Rivers last year. I mean, turnovers have always been a really big issue yeah. with this team. So the fact, and that's not a knock against Embiid and, or Simmons because they no. they turn the ball over a pretty decent amount. Yeah, no, but it's definitely not a knock against them. No. Um, but the fact that you can bring in a point guard that is just not turning the ball over at all right now. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, defenses are going to adjust to him. They're going to adjust to his style of play. That's going to happen. Yeah. But the fact that you're bringing, like, he's played 80 minutes in the last two nights, and he has not turned the ball over if, you know, maybe once, twice. Yeah. But no, that's, that's impressive. It's very impressive. Especially for a kid that's 21. Freshly 21. Yes, freshly I mean, 21. I mean, like, my just, man just turned had 21. his first set, sip of beer. Yeah. Like, which is crazy to <laughs> yeah. think about. But yeah, I mean, this team, outside of the confidence that you said that you really liked, um, mine has been the the swagger this team has played. Yes, with. like yeah, and I think a lot of that is credited to the minivan. George Niang, dude, he like so Joel last night watching the game. Joel's out obviously, but George hits back to back threes and mm-hmm. they call a timeout. And George walks to half court and is hyping the crowd up like like give me more. Yeah, and and this whole the whole team is kind of just like yeah like let's go. Yeah, um, it's just this energy that this team plays with where it's just like, you know you know right now the odds are stacked against them and they know that and they're just embracing that and saying hey you know I'm gonna do what I can do you're gonna do what you can do and I mean Charles Bassey played again I keep saying his name played five minutes last night maybe. Yeah. Um, in that short span of time, he blocked Giannis, mm-hmm. and he, he didn't look terrible. Yeah. Um, but there's just this, like, that just instills confidence and adds to that swagger that I'm talking about. Uh, the minivan is doing a fantastic <laughs> job well, of and, just hyping this team up. And speaking of swagger and confidence and all that, my man, out the mud, b-ball Paul, <laughs> like, so, his defense on Giannis last it night. It was fantastic. It was good. Uh, I saw a stat probably in the third quarter, late third quarter, uh, that was broadcasted in it, you know, um, Giannis Antetokounmpo got guarded by Paul Reed was like three for 11. It was, yeah, it was, it was low. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, Giannis did most of his damage while being covered by Niang last night, which, yeah. you know, Niang's not a strong defender. Well, well, and the thing with Niang is I know he's not a great defender. Um, I'm a big believer in, and obviously this changes once you get to the elite level, right? That heart and just, the will to stop you as mm-hmm. in like, I don't care who you are, what you're going to do. I'm going to play the best defense that I can play. George does that every single time down the court. Mm-hmm. No, it doesn't matter if it's Giannis. It doesn't matter if it's Taj Gibson on the Knicks. Like he is like, I'm going to body you stay in front of you, block your shot, whatever. Mm-hmm. And he just gives 110% all the time to me. The biggest factor in defense, I think Marcus smart of the Boston Celtics even said it, um, is just, the commitment to defense, the a hundred percent hustle mm-hmm. all of the time, um, and and he's there. He is fully engaged defensively. Uh, again, he's not the most athletic guy. He's not the tallest. He's not the strongest. But he just gives his all up and down the court, and it shows. Mm-hmm. It really does. They're not the only one. It seems like everybody on this team, at least in the last couple of games that we've seen, is just showing a hundred percent effort. 
And they were saying on the TNT broadcast last night after the game, uh, I think it was either Charles or Kenny or one of them, mm-hmm. um, they said if you play 110% you're, like, throughout the season, you're guaranteed at least 35, 40 wins. Yeah. And they said that they were very impressed with what the Sixers showed tonight or last night. Yes. Uh, because of just they were just nonstop. And even against the Knicks, too, because mm-hmm. you're playing a back-to-back. Just they they were constantly going at defensively and offensively. Yeah, I mean there was there's just no no stop in those guys. Right. Again, you're talking about seven and a half, maybe eight players who are available and playing per doc, um, realizing hey we have the Knicks today, we have the Bucks tomorrow, two two teams who are probably going to make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. We can't let off the gas. Right. And they didn't. They lost both games, but I mean they were full pedals to the metal, giving it everything they had. Every second of the game, uh, again, it, it was just really impressive to me to see the the backups uh, and the guys that don't get much minutes. Paul Reed, mm-hmm. love the dude to death, does not get the most minutes on the team. He's what the third string center and power forward, more or less. Yeah, um, you know. So to start the last two games and to defend Giannis like that, um, his ability on a totally unrelated side note uh, for. His knack for offensive rebounding mm-hmm. is phenomenal, and he is a freak athlete. Did you see the play in the paint? I think he Drummond like, put up a layup, and, and Paul Reed was on the ground. And in the span of Drummond putting up a layup, Paul Reed got up and uh, did a putback dunk. Oh uh, yeah, I forget who they were. I like, think it was in Chicago. Yeah. yeah, or something. Yeah, I forget where it was. But like freak athleticism to just literally be on the ground, and in two seconds. Jump up, grab the ball, throw it down. And there's a market for that, too. I mean, the high-energy guys, the yes. good defense. Yes. Listen, he's not going to go out and shoot the ball insanely well. But he's going to give you 100% effort. Uh-huh. He's going to give you boards, offensive and defensive. And he's going to make plays near the rim. Again, and there's a market for that. Again, it's these hustle guys. Yeah. It's, you know, Nerland's Noel comes to mind. He is a great defender. He is a freak athlete. Um, he just has a knack for blocking shots, grabbing rebounds. You Rashawn could, Holmes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, if you want to go way back, like a Thomas Robinson. Yes. Like just a guy who knows what he does and does that alone really, really well. Mm-hmm. Now, I think Paul Reed has a lot of potential to be very good in this league. Mm-hmm. Obviously, as a rookie in the G League, winning the G League MVP and Rookie of the Year. Very impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, but now it's time to translate that into the big boys. Um, so to see this little glimpse of – him defending Giannis, you know, his ability to read plays and see, hey, yep, got to jump now for this putback. Um, there's a lot of potential to be had. And that, and those things that I just mentioned are intangible. It, it's yeah. it's not taught. Like, that stuff is instinct. That 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 is, uh, that's that out-the-mud mentality. Yeah. You know, blocking Giannis' shot, they both get pushed into the backstop. And, you know, Paul Reed gives a little push and is chirping. Uh, my favorite part of of that play is Giannis pointing at Paul Reed and being like, who are you? Yeah, exactly. Like Reed is like chirping at him and Giannis is like, who's I don't, this I, guy? I could like, not tell you what your first name is. Exactly. But it just goes to show that like these guys as of right now are not afraid of the moment. You know, if, no, they, are, if they are given an opportunity, it is, it is theirs to take full advantage of. And they're doing exactly that. I have full confidence saying that this is probably the deepest this team has 100%. been since the post process. Um, 100%. Because, I mean, their bench in years past, terrible, abysmal. Yeah, you know, they'd go too deep maybe. I thought, was it two years ago? 
that they, when they had Glenn Robinson and Alec Burks coming off the bench. Yeah. I thought there might have been a really good chance there that that might have been there the was, deepest. There was some potential, but I think the starting unit wasn't good enough to the point where yeah. the bench could not bail yeah. them out. Like, if they had kind of stuck with, like, Trey Burke maybe. Yeah. Like, Alec Burks had his potential, and he's actually doing really well with the Knicks now. And Glenn Robinson the third, he kind of caught fire with Golden State. Came to Philly, really didn't do much. No, like he, I haven't heard his name mentioned. I don't since. even know if he's with a team right now. He yeah. was he was supposed to like get a big contract once he got traded. Like that was his chance to get his big contract, and then yeah. didn't really do much. And hasn't I don't think he's really shown up much. No. He shot um, like forty percent from three that year, and that was kind of the selling point. On yeah, top of his athleticism. Um, but you know the thing the thing with this team, it reminds me of a couple years ago. A, a team coached by Doc, the Clippers, um, Tobias Harris, his mm-hmm. breakout season. Mm-hmm. That team really didn't have any firepower to it. Uh, mm-hmm. That was, you just lost Chris Paul. You just lost Blake Griffin, DeAndre Jordan. Like, you, Lob City is gone mm-hmm. at this point. So you're like, all right, you know, L.A., it's going to be a rebuilding year for us, um, is what it is. But Doc still got a ton of potential out of that team. And somebody, yes. I saw somebody on Twitter say um, Doc is very good about getting bad players to good players and getting the most out of bad players. They say he struggles with getting the good to great, which I don't totally agree with that. Uh, There's been moments. I mean, you're talking uh, when he was in, still in L.A., when he had Paul George, Kawhi Leonard. You know, they were hyped up to be this, you know, super good team. And they were like, okay. I don't think, you know, Doc obviously has its flaws, I think. I mean, every coach does. There's no such thing as a perfect coach. Right, exactly. Um, Except for Pop. But he doesn't count. <laughs> yeah, but, like, I, I think this is kind of a, a, you know, kind of that regard. It's not saying that, you know, the guys that are playing for the Sixers right now are bad. No, but they're, they're like... They're role it, players. Yeah. It's a bunch of role yes. players. Yes, And the fact that you're you're getting these close games with these role players shorthanded and getting, you know, about as much potential out of them as you can... Mm-hmm. I think really gives a lot of credit to Doc and his coaching and his coaching staff like Sam Cassell and that. Yeah, once you bring in the starters mm-hmm. and if you make a Ben Simmons trade and you get another player to whatever, like our starting lineup is good. Mm-hmm. I like our starting lineup, but now you add depth. So we're up eight mm-hmm. and Joel's got to step out. So Andre steps on the court. You know, I'm feeling fairly confident that like, hey, we might not grow this lead, but we're probably not going to lose it either. Yeah, Andre Drummond is is going to be a starting center on about 25 other teams yes. in the NBA. Yes. So the fact that he's backing up Joel Embiid gives me a lot of confidence. And I was pretty skeptical of it at first. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think Absolutely. a lot of people were. Absolutely. Uh, because he really didn't show that much when he was with the Lakers mm-hmm. last year. Yep. And we were saying before he even jumped on, we questioned yeah. the Lakers and big men. And, um, they don't know how to use him. No. Mark, Mark Gasol, for years, was one of the best big men in the league. And, and now he's just non-existent. Yeah, I mean, ever they, they, since he, he went to LA, I think they basically like would plant him out at the the three point line and just be like, stand here, catch them, and like, yeah, that that's not his game. Yeah, no. I think he developed a decent jump shot towards the end of his career with Toronto, mm-hmm. but that's not his game, not at all. And I think even with Dwight Howard back there, I mean, um, Harold that was there last year, he's not even technically a center; he's a power forward. Yeah, but he plays like a true center, and they just don't want to. They, they don't use these big guys. No, 
outside of Anthony Davis, like who won't even play the center position. No, I don't. Which baffles me because that team would be tenfolds better if he just if they committed him to, to the five. Yeah. Yes, if they had him play a stretch five, that team would be so much better. Yeah, and I don't understand his refusal to do that. But anyway, it's a whole different topic. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, just I have a lot of confidence. I, I mean, we keep going back to the word confidence in Dre as a backup. Mm-hmm. I mean. There are always going to be games, and this was said in the broadcast yesterday during the game against the Bucks, and it kind of frustrated me when, I forget who, who made the comment, when they were like, oh, well, you always know Joel is going to miss 5, 10, 15, 20, 30 games a season. And I was like, what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. I was like, currently, right now, the only reason Joel Embiid is out is because there is a virus going around that he cannot help but catch because he's doing everything in his power do you remember last year he was literally sitting separate from the team? I don't know if that was a COVID <laughs> thing or if that was a I want my space thing. I want my space, let me focus kind of thing. Yeah, but at the same like it I I, I think it's I think that was I mean it could be, yeah, you know, and, don't get don't get near me, but I think it was also partially yeah. like I'm locked in yeah. kind of thing. But I mean, I understand that you're going to let Joel rest and all that, but I I'm I'm getting tired of this whole argument that Joel is fragile. I, mm-hmm. I, and maybe he is to a degree, but like, what was he at with last year? What happened? Uh, the the knee. Yeah. Um, yes. I, well, there partially was the knee. T- partially torn meniscus. Well, there was so there was the knee that um, I forget who they were playing. It was Chicago or Washington. It was one of the two. Um, he like yes something with the knee. He was out for like twenty games, and then the the thing in the playoffs, obviously, and then this year the uh, knee injury in the first game of the season, which is kind of. Yeah. limited him yeah. and I, I think that's a good segue I think to get into Embiid a little bit here mm-hmm. because Embiid has not looked like the Embiid that we saw last year to mm-hmm. a degree I think we've seen flashes like the game um the game against Chicago yep um actually I think both games against Chicago there was a game early in the season I he put up remember. 30 I think that was I think both games were that actually was, that was the, uh, it was the, the, the oh that Detroit. was the Pistons yeah yeah yep, you're right yeah. so there was a 30 point game he had against Detroit and then there was a 30 point game he had against Chicago mm-hmm. but outside of that we have not really seen the Joel Embiid and he was saying like he's like obviously there's you know there's no excuse for it really yeah. but he's like they're using a different ball yes. like Spalding and Wilson yes debate that Paul well, George had and, even brought up, and and I know I don't know if you've seen any other comments about it, but a lot of guys in the league are say at the beginning of the season said you're going to see worse shooting, worse free throws. You know, the three point percentage is going to be down. Scoring is down throughout the entire league. Well, yeah, Damian Lillard is averaging like I last I checked was like 17, 18 points a game. Yeah. Again, I don't know how much of that is a credit to the new ball, but I definitely understand the idea that like. That stuff just takes time to get used to. It doesn't worry me because mm-hmm. a lot of the shots he's taking, he's made throughout his entire career. Yeah. You know, the between-the-legs pull-up jumper from the short corner. I'm confident every time he puts that shot up, don't care what ball he's using. He could be using a brick for a leg. <laughs> yeah. Um, but what I like from Embiid this year is we're seeing a lot more of that playmaking come into play. Yes. Uh, I know you said earlier that they are feeding the ball to the post for the Big guys and Dre and Joel like to be the playmakers. Yeah. yeah, it's almost old school. You know, 
you know, uh, drop it inside and then you kick out for the open three. Basically collapse the defense. Yeah, and well, then it especially gives you... when you have a guy with, like Joel Embiid who literally the whole game plan this year from every defense that I've seen is as soon as Joel dribbles that basketball, throw everybody in the freaking arena at him. Mm-hmm. I don't care if it's a fan, if it's a security officer, or if it's the 10th guy on the bench. Go play defense on Joel Embiid. And spacing has become such a big factor in the NBA so basically it's like if you get Embiid somewhere in the post it could be either side Mm -hmm. of the paint you basically get it down to Embiid and then everybody just clear out yeah you you, you literally play four out one in someone's gonna come help and that someone as of right now is knocking down these shots Mm -hmm. whether it's it's Seth who is on a tear uh, Maxi Danny Tobias, I mean, we could go on well, and, and George. And the thing that I did notice, uh, kind of looking back at some some film from last year too, is they did that a lot with Ben, uh, where yes. they would put yes. Ben Ben in the post and then clear yes. everybody out. Yes, because Joel's at least a respectable enough three point shooter. Yes. Um, where you know if you pass it out to him, he's he's got a chance to at least make yes. it. At least with, I liked Ben in that position. What I didn't love about it is. When Joel goes triple threat there, mm-hmm. um, there are three things, and you literally do not know which one he's going to do. He could pass, mm-hmm. he could dribble into a layup, or he could pull up and shoot. When you get Ben into that spot, you already eliminate the pull-up jumper. Right. Nine times out of ten, he's not going to pull up from 15. So now it's, okay, I can sag back just a little more and be quicker off the, you know, on my feet to defend the layup. Or he's going to look for a pass. So you don't have to send that double team towards Ben. Right. You know, there might be a quick little flash. Someone might flare down and throw a hand and bounce back to the corner. Mm -hmm. But with Joel, you are literally watching them just absorb and clog the paint. Like, Mm -hmm. like, I mean, like it's Shaq in the post. Basically. They're literally just throwing bodies at him. It It is really impressive to me that Joel then has the ability to be that playmaker when there are three bodies draped on you because there's a guy behind you in the corner, your defender and the help side defender just dive on you to be able to make those skip passes, to be able to make the correct reads. Uh, the other game, he might've been two or three assists away from a triple double. It was close. Yeah. yeah. Like, like he is really showing that playmaking. And I know two years ago, he really struggled with passing out of the double team. He has really come a long way into understanding where defenses are coming from, which, mind you, Andre Drummond does a fantastic job at that. Yeah, um, I, I would agree with that, yeah. But, yeah, Joel, so he's not the offensive scorer that was the Embiid of last year. Mm-hmm. I think that'll come. Uh, the scary thought to me, uh, scary for the league, the impressive thought to me, is his playmaking looks twice as good as last year. So once you get a Joel that's putting up 30 and 12 consistently – now, instead of averaging two assists with that, he might be five or six. That is a lot of points and a lot of damage done by one guy. You, you know, you go ahead. Sorry, I was going to say, because you think about where most of those assists are coming from, mm-hmm. they're going to be coming from around the three-point range. Mm-hmm. So you're talking about adding potentially 10, 12, yeah. 15 points a game yeah. right there. Yes. Just yeah. based on him being able to read a defense a little yes. bit better. That's exactly what I was going to say. There's, yeah. there's a lot... It's not just Joel passing for a dunk. You know, he might get five assists, but of those five assists, four are going to be three-point shots. Mm-hmm. So there's 12 points. If, and, and that's, again, so now you have a guy that's averaging 30 points but is contributing to 42 points, 44 points, 50 points, without scoring 50 points. Like, that is impressive. Mm-hmm. And, again, uh, shooting is streaky. 
Yes. When you are hot, you are hot. When you are cold, you are cold. What is encouraging and I'm excited to see come, you know, the deeper into the season is Joel keeping that playmaking. You know, how hot does Seth stay all year? Because if you can consistently keep getting him these shots, I mean, he is going to be in a rhythm for a long time. Danny's off to a little bit of a rocky start. Um, but what I like about Danny is he is a fantastic corner three-point shooter, mm-hmm. and the help side always comes from Danny. Mm-hmm. Danny is opposite corner of Joel. So if Joel can just read that skip pass, even if it's a skip to the other wing and then a quick swing, which the ball movement has been fantastic early on, I agree. Yeah, those are the shots you want. Uh, I don't love the Joel step back three, which he's been making. Uh, don't love it. Uh, I don't love Danny Green's transition pull-ups. Okay. Yeah. But like, there is a lot that is very encouraging um, early on in the season. You know, basically the core of the team. You're kind of seeing what they want to do. Um, and we haven't even talked about everyone on the Sixers. I mean, we haven't even mentioned uh, Furcon. Oh yeah, no, who, that's that's another guy. Or Matisse. Yeah, Furcon, Tease, even flashes of Isaiah Joe. Uh, we dabbled on the minivan. Um, but I mean, there's just been so many, so many p- uh, parts of the Sixers team that has just really shined in these, you know, uh, upsetting times for the team. You know, I mean, even Tobias, I know we talked about him being out, but he's, he's been fairly consistent. Mm-hmm. Um, bold take, I'll say right now, uh, Tobias Harris is going to be an all-star. Um, he, but this team is just so well-rounded. Like, there aren't many teams that have this much depth. Mm-hmm. I agree. You can literally rotate comfortably five for five. Yes. Where if Doc Rivers got pissed off enough and said, you know what, everyone on the court, get out. And, and then you run, you know, your backups. Like, I'm comfortable with that. You know, if, if they wanted to run a lineup of shake at the point guard, uh, like uh, Isaiah Joe at the two, Ferk at the three, George at the four, and then Draymond at the five, or Draymond, sorry, Andre. Um, I'm comfortable with that. Yeah. Again, I don't think that's enough to win you games consistently, but I definitely think that's competitive, uh, and you're seeing that with what we have right now. No, I I definitely agree there. Um, I'm I'm very excited once we start getting healthy again um, for guys to start coming in contributing again. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's been a fun stretch so far. I've yes. I've enjoyed mm-hmm. watching. So far, last I, night's game was the most entertaining game I've watched in a long time. Oh, one hundred percent. One hundred percent. I agree. I don't know if you saw. I tweeted out on BRB. Giannis made his first bucket, and I tweeted out that uh, GIF of the Simpsons where it's "Haha, I'm in danger." Yeah. Did not realize I should have been telling it to Giannis before Paul Reed blocked him. Right. But like, I was expecting Giannis to go off and drop fifty. Like, I was fully confident, like, all right, Sixers are going to lose by 15-20. Giannis is going to have 50. It's going to be all over Twitter. Mm -hmm. They're going to flex because the Sixers, you know, they beat the Sixers. Oh, my gosh, they're going to make the playoffs. Mind knowing the Philly fans are like, dude, there's literally seven people playing against you right now. I need need to get something off my chest with the Bucs because I feel like I should like the Bucs. I feel like they did a lot of the things that, like, you would like out of a team to do. Yes. They have a really likable guy in Giannis. Yes. I can't stand the Bucks. I don't like them at all. And I think it might have something to do with the way they kind of taunt us a little bit. The fact that they did, oh. they did a lot of what we did, the, the, didn't the, get backlash for it, and then, like, yeah, won a championship because, you know, a lot of the – I'm not – all right. 
I don't want to discredit their championship. No. Because but, it, was, it was a legitimate one. They beat the Phoenix Suns. It but was the good... stars aligned. Yes. I mean, you're talking what happens if Kevin Durant's foot is an inch and a half back. Yes. And they make the three to, what, tie the game? That would I think that would have won the game. I think you're right. Yeah. The like, two tied it. The three would have won. Like, who knows what happens? Yes. Um, I, I, I just can't stand. Uh, yesterday, uh, Buck Social Media. The King the of Philly. The King of Philly. Yeah, what is that? I... I, like, maybe there are numbers I haven't seen, but every time, like, do they not remember the Christmas game? Do you, because I remember the Christmas game. <laughs> I remember game. the Christmas We were a bad team that year, and we smoked them the Christmas Like, game. I don't understand this whole King of Philly talk. Like, yeah. I, I can understand, like, the little banter and going back and forth, but, like... And then there was that one game, Giannis, like, he hit, like, a big shot, and then he, like, sat down on the logo. I don't understand, like, maybe they just hate us. Well, maybe, maybe that's what it is. Do maybe. you remember a couple years ago when we were all, like, everybody was like, trust the process, we were a terrible team, um, and the Bucks management was like, everybody over there is talking about process, but we're talking about results, yeah. but they were just as bad as us, Yes. and it's like... Now, mind you, they have a championship. Now, now. they have a championship, and I think that's why I, I really hate them. And it's like, I, I feel like I shouldn't, um, but... So when you... Here's my thing. And this is how I am with a lot of teams in the NBA. Yeah. If you dissect the team, I like their players. I like Chris oh, yeah. Middleton. And that's the thing. I like Giannis. I love Drew I like, Holiday. I like, I, well, I love Drew. He, yeah. Obviously, former Sixer. But then, like, even the Celtics. Like, you yeah. dismantle that team a bit. Everyone hates Marcus Smart. But I would if, love if Marcus I was, Smart. If I was in the NBA, yes. okay? Again, I am not. I would be Marcus Smart. I would just be a pain in the ass to every single person on the court. He's the kind of guy you would want, you on, want your on your team. You want on your team. Because, because he has he, that Philly grit. So exactly. if Jalen decides to come, um, bring him with. Yes, I agree. But it's like, I I feel like I should like the team. I feel, because I look at Drew Holiday. Love Drew Holiday. Chris Middleton. Like, they have built the team the way that I would expect a team to be built. Like, yes. we're not, you know... Buying guys to come in, yes. Like we're not pulling a Lakers here. Yes. They they have homegrown talent, yes. and then they added a couple core really good pieces like Drew Holiday. Even is, when they got Drew, Drew was a good player. He got to Milwaukee and he became a great player. You don't look at Drew Holiday and like look at him the same way. Like we just got LeBron. We just got like prime yeah, D Wade. We, we like, just got Paul George. We just got exactly. XYZ. Uh, Drew Holiday is a great, great above average role player, borderline all star. He's. I mean, I'll say it. I don't care. He's one of the, the best point guards in the league. Yeah. I, I truly believe that. And not just because he does the point guard duties where he brings the ball up, he makes the right reads, he can finish, he can shoot. He is a fantastic on-ball defender. Yes. Fantastic. I mean, a lot of the top guys you're talking about in the NBA right now, as far as point guards go, you know, Seth, Dame, uh, 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 James Harden, Kyrie, yeah. like they're very one-sided of the ball. Obviously, Seth... Or, I'm sorry, Steph. <laughs> sorry, uh, just put up 50 the other night. Right, but that's one side of the ball. I mean, I look at basketball. There's oh, there's two sides of a court for a reason. Mm-hmm. So Drew does the offensive game well, not as well as as Steph mm-hmm. or Dame or Kyrie or whoever, but he does it well. Mm-hmm. But his defense is better than all of those guys. 
So he's one of the best point guards in the league. And it's like I Giannis seems like a really likable guy, and I'm sure if he I is, had he is really funny. He is too. <laughs> and, uh, and I'm watching him, and I'm like, you know, after not playing him for a little bit, I'm like, oh, I'm glad, you know, Giannis won the championship. Yeah, you know, it's, it's yeah, like he's yeah, a guy yeah, I can root once for. Once the smoke clears, yeah. and we're you know done being upset about the playoffs, you can go. Yeah, you know what? Like, I'm, I'm okay with that. Yeah. And then it's like you know, I, oh, I, I'm I'm happy for Drew Holiday. I'm happy. Yep. Chris Mill, like I'm, I'm happy for these guys. Yes. And then it's like you get to playing them again, and then yeah, they, they, all of a sudden there's just this hatred. Yeah, and it's like, wow, I really cannot stand this team. It's the same thing with the Knicks. I was, for, ju- for I was literally just about I, to say the Knicks. I, I, for, I love Julius Randle. Yes, I, I do too. Love, love his I, game. I love his like, oh, like his his path in the NBA of being drafted by the Lakers. Off. Yes, he was basically thrown away. Yes, um, and and to be this All Star. Who looks dominant? Like his three, the the way he was hitting three point shots, clutch shots. Yes. Like he's got a lethal mid. Like he's a he's a three three way score. Yes, three level score. But like I I love Julius. I love some like I like Kemba. I really yeah. do. Um, who else do they have there? Derrick Rose, obviously. Uh, Nerlens is on that team. Like I love a lot of their players. And then we play them, and I'm like, man. And Fuck the Knicks! Yeah. <laughs> like I just like and the fans, man. Yeah, I, like I, if you're a Knicks fan, I, I apologize. But like them, like going to the game and then like I the the first week when they beat Boston and then like the fans are out there going crazy, yeah, the go, Bing Bong thing. I'm like, oh, yeah. you know, it's funny. I'm glad that the Knicks can like celebrate again. Like I think can the NBA something. <laughs> I think the NBA is a better product when the Knicks are good. You can say that about. All of the NBA's major teams, like the Lakers, the Celtics, the, the Sixers, yes, yes. the Knicks. Yes, when I they agree. when they are good, people pay attention because yes. because it's a you, big market. Because you can go and this says I'll, I'll talk about Philly sports generically. You can go to any state, mm-hmm. and I guarantee you, you will see a Phillies hat, a Sixers jersey, or a Sixers memorabilia alongside of an Eagles yes. jersey, jacket, whatever. Like Philly fans are everywhere, right? Um, I don't remember where my train of thought was going. I just know Philly fans are everywhere. <laughs> but and then it's like you see them at the game and like you know, oh, they get they get the going. section. Yes. They get the section and then like they're going crazy and like I like that. And then they're outside and they're like, Yeah, like uh, and we're, we had seven and a half guys and yeah. he wasn't even playing. So, I get that they had beat us earlier in the season. I get yes. that. But it's like why are you guys like I get we beat you guys like fifteen times in a row? Yeah. So it's kind of like yeah, Finally. like we're, we're getting ours now. It, it, uh, it, so I get it, I get it, but it's like it annoys me. So what I was getting at before I totally lost my train of thought, <laughs> um, and I think I lost it again. Was talking about how Philly fans are everywhere. Oh yeah, uh, what makes the league important? Yes. So outside of just like that, Philly, someone's always going to be wearing a Lakers hat. Someone's always going to be wearing. Something, some sort of those a Knicks hat, you know. Um, so when those teams are doing well, people just pay attention mm-hmm. because if you live in New York, it's like, oh yeah, the Knicks, the Nets. If you live in LA, it's oh the Lakers. Like, mm-hmm. and those are just big markets. Um, quick story was at the home opener against the Nets. Mm-hmm. Um, you talked about you know teams coming in having their little sections. Uh, where was I sitting? I was uh, right behind the Sixers bench, mm-hmm. and. You know, I'm watching the game with my brother, and I think my wife was there. I don't remember if she was there that game or not. Um, but Kevin Durant's shooting a free throw. Mm-hmm. And you can hear, uh, you know, up into the 200s, MVP, MVP. Yeah, and, not, and I'm, not in here. Well, and I'm like, Joel's not at the free throw line. What? Yeah. 
for Kevin? And and, <laughs> and, and then you start to hear Embiid chants, and yeah. then you start to hear, you know, very vulgar things being, you know, <laughs> <laughs> fuck the Nets! Like, like yeah. it's just stuff you hear, and it... They weren't saying it. I know Philly fans have this bad rep, but they weren't saying it in like a like a violent way. They were saying it in like a funny, joking way. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, no, don't do that in here. Fuck the net. Like, yeah. it was just, it, it was just, it was fun. Uh, but when those major teams and those major markets are doing well, it's healthier for the NBA. Because mm-hmm. could you imagine like a finals appearance from like the Pelicans and? The NBA insert other team here. <laughs> the NBA tries to force the Pelicans on us so much, oh and it's because of Zion and Brandon. Like they have the talent. I don't know they do. Well, not anymore. They did last year. Um, they have two talent. They they had they had Zion and Brandon Ingram and then Lonzo. Like they had the pieces. I just don't think Stan Van Gundy was the right coach for them. I don't think he knew which way to go with them. And mm-hmm. I, management has no idea how to help Zion. Zion's going to be out of there in like two three years. Oh yeah, hundred percent certain of that. They have no idea what to do with Zion. Um, they literally, they literally got Zion as a gift in the lottery. Like there was no, I had zero faith that the Pelicans were going to be the ones to get Zion, and somehow they jumped all the way up to get there. Yes, and they have no idea how to use that man. It was no. like Anthony Davis all over again. Uh, yeah, they're going to drive him out. I mean, if I was the GM of the Pelicans, you'd have to realize that Giannis's strength. Is was is within fifteen feet of the basket. I mean, mm-hmm. he's a freak on defense. He'll be able to guard one through five, and he's shooting better. Yeah, but you don't want him out there. No. So I'm gonna I'm a Sixers fan. So I'm gonna use Joel as that kind of inspiration and say, hey, you know, Zion, you're gonna be playing our four, maybe our small ball five. I'm just gonna surround you with shooters. Brandon Ingram's a great start to that. Yes. Uh, they had JJ Redick. Lon- yeah. They had Lonzo. Yeah. Like so you the have, idea was there. Yeah, but like. Now what you have to do is you have to show Zion, like, this is for you. Even Brandon, like, I'm bringing, like, this core that I'm putting together right now is for you guys. Right. And and ask them straight up, what do you want? Yes. You know, not who do you want because you can't guarantee getting a player. Right. But what do you want? Okay, well, you want shooters. You want stationary shooters. You want a guy like a Duncan Robinson, like a J.J. Redick. Or do you want those ball creators who are – you know, uh, or shot creators, I'm sorry, um, who can do it off the dribble mm-hmm. and make life a little easier for you guys? Or do you want, like, straight playmaker? Do you want to go out and get, I know he's old now, but I'm going to use him anyway, like a Rajon Rondo mm-hmm. who can yeah. just help both of you guys off ball. Like, mm-hmm. like you guys can run around, lobs to Zion, uh, open threes for Brandon. Like, like, ask them, what do you want? But I feel like every time uh, the Pelicans have a chance at doing something special, they go the complete opposite way. Uh that being said, trade Ben Simmons to the Pelicans for Brandon Ingram, please and thank you. Oh yeah, if they bring in Brandon, that another three level score be huge to have. I mean, he's. I, I I remember when Brandon came into the league. I mean, he was talked about as you know they, very they were the, similar to Kevin Durant. They were the two guaranteed like yes. first two picks. Yes. Like there there was a very clear. Uh, gap between Ben Simmons, Brandon Ingram, and then everybody else. I don't even remember who went three. Who I was... don't either, honestly. Looking back, I'd have to look it up. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So that honestly, it'd be an interesting switch to be. Hey, you you couldn't do it. I don't think you, you could do you it could, now. You but... literally run two very similar players on the court at the same time, and and Ben Simmons and, and Zion. Zion. Yeah. You could not do it. Yeah. Zion would be out of there in a. Heartbeat. Zion would probably request a trade on the spot. Yes. Yeah. You you can't do it. Yeah. Unless Zion gets sent over here. 
That you can do. <laughs> we, um, we can make that yeah. happen. So um, I want to kind of touch on um, some other teams in the league mm-hmm. uh, a little bit here, and it's going to kind of segue, I think, into Ben Simmons a little bit. Fun. Um, so I want you – we're a couple – at least 12 games into the season for some, uh, some teams. I want you to give me some teams that you have found to be disappointing so far, and I want you – The Lakers. Okay, good start. The Lakers. I'm not that – well, they're disappointing to start, yes. Yeah. I'm not surprised. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yes, good one. Um, and I want you to give me some teams that you're like, okay, they've exceeded my expectations a mm-hmm. little bit so far. All right, let me pull up stats. Uh, but I will touch on the Lakers. Um, I said earlier, one of our earlier podcasts, and we only have two out right now, mm-hmm. um, I don't have faith in that Lakers team. I, I understand Agreed. that – Basically, the Lakers' mentality, I mean, it's Brown's mentality, is just get to the playoffs and he'll make it happen. Mm-hmm. And I understand that. Uh, the pieces that they brought in, I do not believe Big were the right key. I mean, you are very reliant right now on Carmelo Anthony, who is doing very <laughs> yes. well. Oh, yeah. But I don't think that lasts. So you basically, because you're not getting a lot of shooting, you're uh, like, I've always kind of looked at LeBron and Russell Westbrook as very similar players. It's, it's literally. Russell Westbrook is a shorter version of LeBron. Yeah. I think they both are kind of like triple-double machines. Obviously, Westbrook mm-hmm. is more so, as he's shown throughout his career. Anthony Davis is a good shooter, mm-hmm. and I think if they used him as a stretch five, it would be so much better for them. Yes, 100%. But instead, you have Dwight Howard or another random center out there. Mm-hmm. I think it's Dwight Howard, at least starting now. Um, yeah, I don't remember who they're. But that's already like LeBron's not the best shooter. No. in the league, he's, no. I would say he's, he's slightly above average. Yes. Westbrook is not a good shooter. No. I would say he's below average. Again, my whole thing was if your best starting shooter is Anthony Davis, you're in trouble. You have a big problem. Yes, and they do. They do. They really I agree. do. I agree. Um, but that's just the Lakers. Some other teams I am will go with disappointed with right now. Um, I mean, obviously the Bucks five and six off to a little bit of a slow start. I think also a little bit credited to like injuries. Yeah, like we didn't and, see and Chris again, Middleton, I, I'm Dante Vincenzo's out. I'm not too worried about them. No, um, great players make great things happen. Right, and this will be able to turn it around. Uh, Hawks are another disappointing yes. one right now. I'm very surprised um, by them so far. I'm not really rule change. Oh, okay. Yes. Good. So very I, good point. <laughs> I am a very firm believer that there were going to be two and a half, if you want to consider James Harden, three players who are really going to be affected by this rule change of not being able to basically make an unbasketball play to yes. draw a foul, whether it's the stopping in the middle of the court to draw a foul or backing up into a defender off a jump shot to get a foul. Um, so Trey was one. The most obvious two have already spoken up about it. Uh, that everybody Trey and like, Luca, not Luca. Luca's been fine. Um, James Harden. Yes, and and to be fair, there is a lot of instances where James Harden is actually getting yes, fouled. Yes, I, and he's I not have getting. seen a lot of those. And um, yeah, I think they're they're targeting James yes. Harden and, and uh, Trey, Trey Young. Luca was up there for me preseason wise about he might be affected. He's fine. Well, the reason I was not really worried with Luca is the fact that he he's played in Europe. Yeah. And he's he's gone on record and said before like it's easier to play here than it is in Europe. Yeah, because FIBA is. I mean, we saw it during the Olympics, and Team USA really struggled with it at first. Is they're not going to call that soft stuff. Like they they're, they're not there to see people score. No, they're not there. The NBA now, and I understand why they do it, 
is about protecting the offensive player mm-hmm. so that the game looks prettier, so yes. that it sells more tickets, so that it brings in more revenue. For, I understand for that. For years, yes. Yeah, but FIBA is literally play basketball and yes. play it the right way. You know, I don't want you to back up while shooting a three so that you get a foul called. You know, the hand checks, go ahead. I want you to play defense. A guy that thrived with that, Matisse Thibel. Yes. Like, he fantastic on the defensive end. Uh, another guy that thrived on the offensive end on that Australian team, Patty Mills. Yes. I mean, they just understand that it's just FIBA to me, this might be a little bit of a hot take, is closer to real basketball than the NBA is. I would agree with that. Um, again, because you're getting the best of both worlds. I want you to be a scorer, but I also want you to play defense. Adam Silver has kind of turned the NBA, and I'm not saying it's bad, because I think it's actually been very good for the game, and it's attracted a younger audience. Um it's become a very scores mentality yes. league. Yes. You want you love these 140, 130 yes. point games. Yes. That is what you are killing for because it's a pretty like there's nothing prettier than watching a game and then the ball just constantly going in. Yeah. But, uh, I was watching a little bit of the Knicks uh Cavs game on Sunday. Uh-huh. Uh, and for like a five minute stretch of time, they were literally just going back and forth, trading threes, trading dunks, you know, bucket after bucket, just going back and forth. And it had a college feel to mm-hmm. it. It just had the energy of like, wow, like they just are, are go and it's, you know, they're out to prove something. Um, so yeah, it's very offensive orientated. Uh, again, it is very nice for the viewer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll say like the common fan viewer. But, and then I think what, I think it almost in a sense, I think this has backfired a little bit because I think the to get rid of those, you know, uh, those fouls, the shooting fouls, I think they were trying to make the game a little bit more fluid Yeah. without kind of thinking, okay, the reason why we're seeing so much scoring is because guys are having so much space. Like, you have this, like, circle, yeah. basically, that you can't go in. If yeah. you go in that circle, it's a foul. Yes. So guys were playing off, but now you can kind of play up a little bit more. Mm-hmm. You can kind of play better defense, mm-hmm. and that's why we're not seeing the scoring yeah. that we did in, in years past. So, not to say it's, I, I don't think backfired is the right word. Um, Didn't go as planned. Yeah. So honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if they change the rule again here. They'll tweak it a little bit. I yeah. Mean, this was they're going for fluid. They don't want to see stops all the time. And I think that was the issue with the fouls. Is like guys would take advantage of that. Mm-hmm. With, you know, Harden, Trey. Well, like, yeah. It, it's literally like I can do this. I'm going to walk to the line. I'm going to take my time shooting my three free throws. Mm-hmm. And it's basically like a quick breather, but it takes, you know, three minutes to do. I mean, how many times do you see, like, the end of a game just take forever because guys are drawing those cheap fouls? Yeah, of course. And so I like it. I, I definitely like it. Scoring numbers are down, which I think, again, the NBA was not trying to do. Oh, and, I, and I, again, I also wonder how much of that is because of the new ball. Because too, a lot yes. of guys have been very vocal about this new ball sits different in your hand, has a whole different feel. Um, so, I mean, obviously we'll see how it averages out. Mm-hmm. We are, what, week three into the season? A month into the season? Yes. Uh, 12 games. So, I mean, we'll see how that balances out. Uh, other teams that have disappointed me so far or have been disappointments. Uh, Trailblazers, most, yes. more specifically, uh, Damian Lillard. Not shot the ball well, right? Um, and again, he is you know more than just a basketball player. He is a very great character. Uh, saying, "Look, when I go through spurts like this, like I use it to let my character show through. Like I understand I'm playing terribly, but like I'm not going to let that reflect how I mm-hmm. who I am as a person." Um, I think those are some of the bigger disappointments. I like I, as far as like teams that I've been that not necessarily overachievers. 
But teams that I've been like surprised, like pleasantly surprised with, uh, Golden State. Uh, that, that is more than pleasantly surprised. That's like uh, considering last year they were terrible, and they still don't even have Clay back yet, yeah, or Wiseman right now, or Wiseman. Yeah. So the fact and, that and to be first, not in the West, but in the NBA again, they are nine and one, and it's not like Steph hasn't really. He's had his games. Like, obviously, the, the Warriors are a million times better with Steph on the court. And he's had his games, but it's not all no, Steph. I, uh, Damian Lee, the, uh, yeah. their shooting guard, yeah. or small forward, one of the two, um, currently could be in the conversation for most improved player. Like, he's, he's tearing it up. Yeah. Um, they're just a good team, man. Like, and again, I keep saying and again. i got to change my vocabulary. <laughs> but they, they have this environment this just winning environment that mm-hmm. is i mean obviously they went on that tear and won three championships um but i think that seed has been planted and now that's just the mindset of the team is mm-hmm. just to win at any cost kind of like we mentioned with the sixers earlier but theirs goes a little further mm-hmm. it kind of digs deeper um but yeah they've been they've been fantastic yeah no, um, i agree i i the knicks are another team um that yeah again uh, Again, um, they just have they just have ballers, man. Yeah, like, and the talent that they've brought in, and I think they've done a really good job. I mean, they basically have looked at Julius Randle, and they're like, "You're our staple. Mm-hmm. You're you are mm-hmm. our face of the franchise." And they have done a very good job of building around him. Mm-hmm. Now, great, he's done a lot to kind of well, and the fun set thing, them over that. Yeah, the fun thing about Julius is he's not <clears throat> like one player or the other. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's had a number of triple doubles. He's a great passer. He's a great finisher, and he's a great shooter. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter what you bring in around him. You know, he's not one or the other. He's yeah. not. I'm going to use Giannis, not in a negative way, but Giannis is fantastic because of his athleticism and his ability to get to the basket. So you want to put three point shooting around him, but yeah. with Julius, you can put whatever around him and he'll succeed because he's just very well rounded. Yeah. Um, so that Knicks team has been a lot of fun. Um, Grizzlies. Yes. 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 John Moran. He is fantastic. He is what everyone expected him to be mm-hmm. and more. And better. As of right now. You know, and the funny thing is we went to that game against Memphis last year. Mm-hmm. And we weren't, like, we saw him. No, he had, he had he had a rough game. I think he had, like, 12 or 14 points. Yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't his... like, the, like, it wasn't the game we were hoping to get from him. Uh-huh. Uh, but it was still a fun game to watch. Yes, of course. Uh, he like his scoring is up. The his, his playmaking is up. His like everything, everything is up. up. Yeah. He, he. So there's typically like a sophomore slump where it's like okay, like you know you get you start to kind of see the true colors of a player, and if this is the true colors of John Morant, um, he might be better than Zion. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, he was big coming out of school. Like, everybody, like, obviously, I think we were all just like, all right, Zion's probably going to be the number one pick. But John Moran made a pretty good case to yes. close out yes. close out his, he his season. He is fantastic. Yeah. Outside of just being a really good player, he's just a really fun watch. Yeah. Like, the Grizzlies are on, and I don't care who they're playing. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to tune in for five minutes just to see if I can see John Morant dunk over someone or see John Morant do something spectacular with the basketball. They kind of remind me of the Nets from a couple years ago. Uh, with like D'Angelo Russell, not Ooh, yeah. saying that they're yep. the same player, but I think D'Angelo Russell was the main driving force of that team. Yes, and we I saw, think we saw them in, in person too. We did, yeah, and um, they were it was it was a fun team, and I think yeah. that's kind of what you can kind of look at 
um, yeah. uh, with Memphis. Another fun player. I'll get into a player that I am enjoying. Uh, Anthony Edwards. Yes. Oh, yeah. Uh, I am really enjoying. Is this? Let me backtrack. This is John Moran's third year. It's his third it? season. Yeah. And then Anthony Edwards. The season, second well, that's what, yeah. The season's uh, yeah, just there's that, yeah, I was going to say the two yeah. years ago. Yeah, the COVID season. Yeah. yeah, threw me off. Sorry about that. Um, but yeah, Anthony Edwards is another guy. Very similar to John Morant in terms of athleticism and scoring. Um, but he's he's just another fun watch. Mm-hmm. I feel like every day I'm scrolling through Twitter, I'm looking on ESPN. He's doing something crazy with the basketball. Um, he's just another fun watch. Yeah. Um, you could, if Carl Anthony Towns has any bit of patience in him, which I'm sure he's very much running thin on, you could build that that duo into what you you know a championship caliber team. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, that requires moving D'Angelo. Uh, I don't know where he would go. Yeah. Um, but I mean. Anthony Edwards, he, he's going to be legit. I mean, he's going to be a very good player. In the, it, it's fun to see these young guys. Yeah. Uh, LaMelo Ball, it's fun to watch him play. I yeah. I mean, he is... I, That's I, too bad, because the Hornets would have made my list of like teams that I've been... And I've still pleasantly been surprised with them. What's their record right now? Uh, they started out like 4-1, and one, and then they've kind of yeah, dropped. 5-7. and seven. Yeah. And, you know, they, they're... About where I would put them. They, I mean, they're about where I would have expected yeah. them. I think they, they um, definitely overachieved to start the season. Well, you want to talk about someone overachieving, and I don't mean that in a negative way. Uh, Miles Bridges. Yeah, was, oh, yeah. he was going a, crazy. On a tear yeah. early on. He had a couple, like, 35, 32 consistent games. Yeah. Um, I would love, I love Miles Bridges. I would mm-hmm. love to see him keep that up. I don't know if that's realistic at this yeah. point. Yeah. Um, I mean, we'll see what he averages. He's another guy in the conversation for most improved player. I liked him coming out of Michigan State. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, I'll just I love those athletes, man. Just guys yeah. who can jump out the gym. Um, but then to see that he's more than just that athlete, like he can stretch the floor. Yeah. Um, it, I mean, they're they're always fun guys to root for. A team that I've really enjoyed watching so far, and mm-hmm. we've seen them twice now, is the Chicago Bulls. Uh, I don't know. They're second right now in the East at seven and three. I still don't believe in, in that team. Not yet. I'll, I'll say it. Nope. No. Nope. I I, I, I think see you guys. I was gonna say I think they're I think they're a fun team and I think it's good. I think they're another market. It's good to see thrive. Of course. Because Chicago, Michael Jordan. Yeah. Like it's you when you think basketball, you partially think the Chicago Bulls. Yes. And I think it's been rough stretch the last number of years for them. But I think it's good to see them kind of back into the forefront of things mm-hmm. like Levine I, I think he's very good I don't know if he's that next step kind of good but I think he's very good I like the fact they added Lonzo Alex Caruso has been really big off the bench for them um you know there's just all these guys DeMar DeRozan has kind of so found his footing a little bit the reason I still don't believe in that team yeah is I don't know if we are seeing DeMar's true colors okay I mean, currently he's up there in rankings for MVP. I, I mean, he has been going crazy. Yes, but I don't know if twenty-eight a game is now. I saw him in person against the the Sixers, and he put up like thirty-eight. Yeah, I was gonna say <laughs> like he, he was he was he good. Put, he put up yeah. numbers, but I don't know if that's. And I like Demar, I really do, but I don't know if those numbers, if twenty-eight is a consistent number for him night in and night out. Uh, I want to see how. Again, we're still early, so you still have. Uh, I'm going to call it the jitters, mm-hmm. you know, so I want to see how everything starts to lay out. Uh, you really start to see teams, true colors around the all-star break. 
Um, so I'd like to see where they get right around then. Yeah. I do believe they'll make the playoffs. I don't, yeah. I, I'm not saying that they're going to end up on the bottom of the East. Um, I just don't know if they are like top four seated. Yeah. I, I think they'll be more five, six. So I'm partially see. curious with DeMar DeRozan, how much of this is like the, the bulls are just kind of like, we know what you can do. We know how you can score, like just go and score. And I wonder partially with, DeRozan, because he was always really good with the Raptors. Yes. Uh, I partially wonder and what... Spurs. Well, he was good with the Spurs, but I partially wonder, because he just kind of got forgotten with the Spurs yes. to a degree. So I wonder how much has really changed with his time with the Spurs, and if this is just kind of him, like, you know, a little shot in the arm, like, okay, I'm back on a winning team, like... And if it's if he can sustain it. So that I think that's my biggest thing. Um, one of the teams that... I think has been disappointing so far is the Boston Celtics. Oh gosh, I forgot to mention them. Yes, and I'm glad you didn't because it's perfect for the segue. I love the segue. Yes. So the Boston Celtics—they are sitting currently out of the playoff picture right now, four and six. Four and six. Um, you look at the way they play, and they have a frustrating kind of style of basketball being played right now. They mm-hmm. have a new head coach. Obviously, Brad Stevens just took over as the GM. Um, and they have a new coach there. I can't remember his name. Yeah, I was going to say. But you have already kind of heard last year, last year there was already some chatter that guys were frustrated. And now this year, early, guys are frustrated. And you have two guys that play very similar style of basketball, mm-hmm. Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. Mm-hmm. Um, and now there have been some rumors. Lay it on me, Connor. There have been some rumors that... The Celtics have called about Ben Simmons, and Daryl Morey has said any deal that we do is going to involve Jalen Brown. Yes. And there are rumors that the Celtics hung up, but... Those are rumors. Those are rumors. And hear me out. Hear me out for a second. If a team is desperate enough to make a change and to get into the playoffs, I'm going to put on my football hat here for a second. Because a couple years ago, when the Eagles had a slew of quarterbacks... Sam Bradford, Chase Daniel, Carson Wentz. Wentz Mm -hmm. was a rookie. The Minnesota Vikings called after the fourth preseason game and said, listen, our quarterback just went out, Teddy Bridgewater. We need a quarterback. We will give you a first-round pick for Sam Bradford. And the deal happened. Sam Bradford is not a first-round pick. (laughs) But the Vikings were desperate enough to the point where they were like, listen, we, 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 need we need a quarterback. We will give you a first-round pick to get our quarterback. There are gonna be, there's going to be a team, and this is why I think Daryl Morey has played this whole situation incredibly well. Yes. There is going to be a team that is desperate enough to trade for Ben Simmons. Mm-hmm. The Sixers, them getting off to this good start was probably the best thing for them. Yes. Because now there's no pressure on them to deal him. Mm-hmm. They can be like, listen, we're going to win with the guys we have. And Daryl even said, you know, if i got to draw this out four years. We're going to draw it out four years. Because at some point, like you said, someone will be desperate enough to say, you know what, I'll take the chance. And you have two very similar styles of play in Tatum and Brown. Mm -hmm. And it's already come to question with, like, Marcus Smart. Marcus Smart has already said something about how these guys are, like, ball-dominant guys. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you you just can't have it. Like, you just... You can't operate that way. So, Jalen Brown, Ben Simmons, you swap them, all mm-hmm. right? 
theoretically, just straight up trade, not getting into any specifics. Um, Ben Simmons is a facilitator. He's a ball-dominant facilitator who is going to help create for other guys. Mm -hmm. Where Jalen Brown is a scorer Mm -hmm. who is going to kind of create his own shot, Mm -hmm. and he's going to score. Mm -hmm. As well as do other things, and same with Ben Simmons. Um, Ben Simmons would complement Jason Tatum incredibly well. And I think Jalen Brown would complement the Sixers. the Sixers as a whole very well. So it makes sense. It makes sense. I'm not saying it's going to happen. The, and obviously, like, I'm, you know, these are just rumors. But the idea makes sense. Yes. So a couple hurdles there is obviously you're dealing with one of the biggest rivalries in the NBA. Who Yes, and we so, well-documented in yes. trades and everything. Yes. And, so, yeah. you know, do the Celtics say, you know what, that trade makes perfect sense, but it's to the Sixers. And mm-hmm. we're afraid that that would make the Sixers team a lot better. Mm-hmm. So we're not going to do it. Even if it's their best option. Right, which makes sense. Yeah, so obviously there's that hurdle. Um, there's the hurdle of whichever team decides to trade for Ben – to say, okay, well, are we getting the Ben Simmons that passes a wide-open dunk in the playoffs, or are we going to get a Ben Simmons that drops 40 on Rudy Gobert? The, Bo- uh, the Boston Celtics are very aware of what yes. Ben Simmons we have well, seen they, because they, they faced him in the playoffs, and he would scored one point against them. Yeah, the he playoffs. is literally, the Celtics, for whatever reason, uh, a lot of credit to Brad Stevens here, um, always played Ben fantastic mm-hmm. on the defensive end. Yes. Um so you kind of hope that they then can spin that and figure out how to really play him on the offensive end. Um, again, would I love to see that happen? Hell yes. I will mm-hmm. buy a Jalen Brown Sixers jersey the right moment, now. moment, I will buy that the, city edition Can Jaylen we talk Brown? about those city edition jerseys Yeah, uh, yeah quick timeout. Yeah, yeah I'm sorry. No, uh, we do need to talk about it. I didn't even think of that because – but They are the best city edition jersey this year as a whole in the NBA, and also the best city edition jersey the Sixers have had ever. We both, I mean, I, personally speaking, but I mean, our name and brand is literally off the city edition jersey yes. last year. Yes. I loved the city edition I'm about to year. change it to for the green and orange. The and Spectrum Bullies or something. You, like you, We're going to see a total rebrand <laughs> fully committing to the Spectrum Bullies. Yes. and But the, the jerseys... Like I'm telling, <laughs> I'm laughing because I realize how insensitive this can sound. <laughs> I know, but I really do love what they have created with these jerseys and the fact that they're. You're still laughing. <laughs> yeah, I. <laughs> uh, but no, I I really do love the jerseys. They they knocked it out of the park, and and even the the court. The court is so phenomenal. I. You were there. You saw it firsthand yes. for the, the preview or I, the unveil. I like the court more than the jerseys. Yeah. The, the court is so clean. That spectrum emblem on the middle of the court is perfect. Oh, it's so good. Like, And now what I love about this is it is very Philly. Like, yes. If, if you are – if you live in South Dakota and you see this jersey – and you see the Spectrum logo on the center, you're going to look at it and go, what the hell is the Spectrum? Yeah. Um, but as, a, a, obviously, a Philly fan, uh, and anyone basically who's old enough to know what the Spectrum is, they're uh-huh. going to look at that and go, 
that's freaking cool. I, I think we're partially uh, a little bit in the minority as far as the the black jerseys, like the boat row jerseys. Yeah. Because a lot of people didn't like them because uh, Chris Heck was like, oh, they're like New Philadelphia. And then people were like, what actually is New Philadelphia? Like, yeah. that doesn't really represent the city. And I, I think had they maybe branded it a little bit better, I think more people would have appreciated them. Yeah, it was it was certainly cool because my drive to every Sixers game, I drive right by. Right, yeah, you see the boat the row. The boat row. Yeah. And it's super cool to me yeah. every time. Um, it's, again, where we got the inspiration for our Twitter account, the Boat Row Bullies. Um, so it was super cool and meaningful to me. Uh, those jerseys, I, they have really do have a special place in my heart. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of just style, those jerseys, the, the Boat Row editions, were my wife actually just asked me about getting a Sixers jersey and mm-hmm. said, well, maybe I'll get one of those. I really liked them. Mm-hmm. And I was like, they are cool. They're very popular. I mean, you see them at the games. But they're a little clunky is the word I'll use. Yeah. Because... I'm a big guy, and and I know I'm wearing tie dye right now, but I like <laughs> I like symmetry. Yeah, like so to have that boat row, it's just kind of like scribbles across your it, chest. There's a lot going on. Yeah, like, and again, it is super cool. I, I really, the boat I really row. love the idea yeah. and what they were yes. going for. Um, there were a couple of, and I wish they would have went this route. Uh, a fan made mocks of it where mm-hmm. that kind of boat row was on the sides of the jerseys going down vertically. Yeah. And I was like, that is clean because it's on the side of the jersey. It's not like so the it's not the front. Yeah, it's yeah. not the, you know, the the focal uh, focus. I think that's the yeah. phrasing I want. Uh, but with these jerseys, you take a color in that dark navy blue that is not Sixer-esque at all, mm-hmm. uh, at least recent Sixers, with a little bit of old school writing. Like the 70s style. Yes. Yeah. And then just, and if you guys don't know, the coloring on the jerseys literally represents each of the Philly sports teams. Yeah. Oh, like yeah. like you have the Flyers orange, the red for the Phillies, the the Kelly green. Uh, I even think that they have the soul on there. I think uh, I think they tried to incorporate. I don't know. That might be why they did the navy blue. Might have been. But, yeah. but it, is, it is so Philly and so cool to me. Uh, and again, I... I've looked at a couple articles uh, about the, the City Edition jerseys, and Philly is up there. I mean, a couple of them I read, they were one. Yeah. They are so, I, so crisp. Dude. I think Colleen is... Uh, Connor's fiance. My fiance, yes. Um, she's, she doesn't like them, actually. Now, granted, she does not really know, like, understand basketball. File for a divorce. <laughs> well, she's like, it looks like... And she's really, like, gotten on with the Sixers with me. Um and she's going to the game with me on the 27th against the Timberwolves. Mm-hmm. And she's really, like, kind of taken in the Sixers and that, which mm-hmm. is cool. Um, and But she, I was like, oh, you know, they just showed off the jerseys. Like, I'm super excited, this and that. And she's like, oh, cool, let me see. And I showed it. And she's like, what are those? Like, she's like, it looks like a, like a child design. Like, there's so many colors. And I think that's kind of going back to what you were saying with the spectrum. Yeah. Like, you just kind of have to, like, get it, I guess. Yeah. Um, I love it because obviously we know what it represents. We know yes, but um, yes, I don't. I don't totally agree with her take there. Uh, but she does. You're know. not married yet. Yes, There's still time to get out. <laughs> yes, please don't do that. I'm not uh, marriage advice. Yes, don't do that. I mean, is a nice woman. Uh, but no, yeah. So I'm. I mean, odds are I'm probably going to get one of those. Jerseys. Oh, I'm going to. Yeah. I mean, when I was at the reveal against the mm-hmm. the Bulls. Uh, first things first, that's the reason 
my brother and I went was because they revealed those jerseys. And I told you to tell me if they yes. would be in the, the team so store. I, the, like, the first thing we did, or I did, was look around everywhere to see where I could yeah. get one. Unfortunately, they're not available until... Uh, November 15th. Yeah, So, up. Monday. Yes. Yeah. Um, super stoked. They're oh, yeah. So clean. I'm so excited. Uh, I'm getting one. My wife's getting one. Fuck it, you'll get one. Oh, I'm 100 percent getting everyone's one. Yeah. getting one. Like, the, the, now the problem is, and I know we're we were I'm talking buying, Ben I'm Simmons. I'm buying Colleen one. I, I know we were talking Ben Simmons, but that, jerseys are. I love jerseys. You, you've seen my jersey. Obviously, collection. in terms of the Sixers right now, the jerseys are more important <laughs> than Ben Simmons. Yes, I totally agree. Now, I you know you've seen my jersey collection. Uh, get uh, so that, the backstory here. Is Connor has a terrible tendency to get a player's jersey, and then that player hurt, traded, um, falls off the face of the planet. Yes, or like something bad happens. Like so, Carson Wentz jersey gets traded. Um, Who else do you have? uh, So I had. It's gonna sound bad on the podcast, but when growing up as a kid, Michael Vick. Um, I had I had an Atlanta Falcons Michael Vick jersey. Loved him. He was a left hand quarterback. I'm left hand. I was like, it's perfect. And then you know I get his jersey, and we all know what happens there. Prison. Um, yes, Allen Iverson. I got uh, as a kid, blue jersey. Gets traded to Denver. Um, Ken Griffey Jr. Career ends. Um, Namdi Asamoah. He was the, he was a cornerback for the mm-hmm. Eagles. I asked for his jersey for Christmas. Nobody communicated, so I ended up getting two jerseys. And I was like, this is amazing because one was green, one was white. Terrible cornerback for the Eagles. He made it a year with the team. You need to get, I have decided, you need to get a Ben Simmons City Edition jersey. You know, the funny thing is that you say that because I have two Ben Simmons jerseys. One is the red one, and then one is the, the City Edition from the first year they did City Edition the jerseys. Cream. Yep. Yeah. And the, the thing that annoys me the most is those are like two of my favorite jersey concepts that mm-hmm. they've done. Um, outside of like a couple select ones, like I love the red and I love the the cream ones that they did. I wish they would honestly. I would do away. I'm. I would do away with the white jerseys that the Sixers have do and the do cream. the cream that mm-hmm. they did the first year. That's just me. You need to get a Ben Simmons jersey. Another one. Another Ben Simmons. Do Ru- ruin his career. <laughs> just yeah. At that point, like if I get a Ben Simmons jersey, another one, that man is going to be in Philly for another four years without <laughs> playing a single minute. I'm convinced of that. Uh, uh, so no. my I my, my C- customized jersey. Put your own number, your own name. I was debating that, and my favorite number is three. So I don't want to like go in with a three jersey, and then my name's on the back of it. Cause like Allen Iverson, man. Yeah. Um. Oh boy. So it's tough. Um. Danny, but Danny Green. <laughs> that actually, I've debated that. That's not a terrible idea. He'll get traded. I know. Um. So the the with. Who I've debated Embiid, I've I've got three Embiid jerseys. Oh God! And uh, yes, I know the man's been hurt a lot, but he's seen, he's the most loyal to the Sixers. He's and- the so. My wife's cousin texted me yesterday and was like, "I want to buy a jersey. Uh-huh. Who should I get?" Uh, and I said, "Your safest bet is Joel, Joel Embiid. Embiid." Yes, she is very. She really likes Furcon. Mm-hmm. She thinks he's hot. That's fine. I mean, I so do, do I. Too. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> um, and I'm like, uh, like that's not awful. Yeah. Like, like his name's not one of those names that's thrown around when it comes to being traded anytime soon. And it's it's cool to see guys that um, aren't as big. Yeah. Like I, lo- I have a Mike Scott jersey. Yeah. Literally, I, I love walking into Sixers games. 
uh, and seeing this, the Sixers, Seth Curry, yes. the Tyrese Maxey, the Matisse Thibel. Or like the old school guys. Like you'll see like Tony, Tony Roten jerseys floating around. Those I love those. Or like you'll you, see people with like – Get me a Hollis Thompson yes, jersey. Or like Michael Carter-Williams. Well, I mean, granted, he, a lot of people thought that was like it right there. Um, KJ McDaniels. Yes. I've, I've seen his yes. jersey at a game yes. before, and I was like, I wow. see, I see a lot of wilt. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it's definitely cool to see like – the throwback players in the Allen Iverson and the Wilts, and then like the older players in the Tony Roten and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, my safest bet, um, outside of Joel, obviously, is just to go old school. People who aren't playing anymore. Yeah. To get an AI. Allen, yeah, an Allen Iverson. You know, even Wilt Chamberlain. I have Doctor J. Yeah, like yeah. stuff like that. Um, the thing that hurts my head to wrap around because I don't necessarily want another Joel Embiid jersey. Mm-hmm. Um, is like okay. These city edition jerseys are fire, but for whatever reason, it weirds me out to be like, well, what if I just get an AI one of the city? Of yes, the, and I'm like, he did not. He does not play for the team, so it's like weird in my mind yes. to get a guy's like jersey if, that didn't play with. Like if that I want, jersey. if I want an AI jersey, I'm gonna go get the black 2001 championship jersey. Yes, if I want the new city edition jersey, I'm gonna buy it. Knowing that the player I'm wearing wore that jersey. Yes. Yes. So I agree. like, I'm leaning towards Tobias. That's he's probably the next safest bet. Yeah. I, in my mind, the one that I would really like to get, I think, is Matisse Thybul. Yes. But there's the chance. Matisse is his his rookie deal is coming up. Like they just extended him another year. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah. I mean, he could even play another. But his name I was always kind of floating around in trade rumors. And, and that's and that's what's so stressful. Like, I wish I had infinite money and I could just buy the starting lineup yes, and the entire bench every year. Exactly. And not worry about it and have, you know, a closet the size of your apartment just full of jerseys. <laughs> the, the City Edition jerseys get me every single year because I look at it and I'm like, this is the best thing ever. Yes. I got the Ben Simmons one the first year. I got Joel Embiid the gray one the next year. Didn't really like the third year um, with... Oh, uh, uh, the the cream. They it was the, back it was the, the cream, cream and then the, the red script. Yeah, I really didn't like them that much, and I was like, it's kind of the same as like the other one. Yeah. Um. So I was like, I probably won't get it. But I got the black one last year, and I'm probably going to get the the yeah. new one this year. I think I think with how much I like these jerseys, I'm just going to play it safe and get Joel. And that's um, the thing. It's like you want to get the guy that you know is going to yes. stick around, yes. and like I still wear my black one all the time, yes. like my black and bead jersey. And I'm like, I love this thing. This is my favorite jersey. And then it's like the new one comes around. And it's like, oh, cool. Like, I want to wear this one. But it's like. Yeah, but I don't want, like, I don't I don't want, want a collection of six different jerseys all, all with, with the, the same, same player. player. Yes. And it's like, I don't want to, like, forget about my black and B jersey because I love that jersey. Mm-hmm. I, I want to be able to rep another player. Yeah. As opposed to just repping the same guy over yes. and over again. And then just, like, not wearing the jersey ever yes. again. You know what I mean? Yep. So, um, but. There's our tangent on the city <laughs> edition jerseys and everything. Um, I hope that we don't run into the same issue Next last year. year. Oh. No, no, last or um, so I, I got my black and bead jersey. Colleen, my fiance, ordered it for me ah, for that's Christmas. Right. She got she ordered it for me the moment it came out. It was like December third, I think they hit the website. Yep. And did you get it in like March? I got it in April. It became a Christmas present. No, no, I'm sorry. It was a Christmas present that turned into a birthday present for me because my birthday's in April. So it literally took 
four additional months to get here. And for the longest time, I would check on the website, and we weren't we weren't even sure if like she had actually ordered it properly because she ordered two jerseys for me at the exact same time. It was the red Ben Simmons jersey and the black and bean jersey, and the red uh, the red Simmons jersey. It was like your order is shipped, you know, orders on the way. There were all these updates, and then we checked for the uh, the black and bean jersey, and there was nothing. Like mm-hmm. we did, like I found a confirmation email, like that was just kind of like hiding in there. It was like another promotional thing. Mm-hmm. That said, check on your recent orders, and um, I did, and it just, like, we didn't even get a confirmation that the jersey was on, like, actually bought until January, That's and then it was, like, waiting to be shipped, and then it was, like, it'll be shipping March 9th, and then it's, like, and then it got pushed back, and it's, like, we'll be shipping Mar- uh, April or something, yep. so, yeah, it was it was a whole mess, Yeah. but, um, yeah, so I'm, I'm hoping that they just have them... Because they dropped November 15th. I'm hoping that when I go to the game that they'll just be in the team store. I'll just they buy should, one there. Yeah, so that's, that's what I'm hoping. But Yeah. Um, all righty. Well, we talked a lot of uh, Sixers, jerseys, NBA as a whole. Uh, we had a lot of catching up to do. Yes, we did. <laughs> so that's uh, a little bit longer of an episode. But I uh, hope you guys enjoyed. Um, we are very excited uh, that this will be coming out tonight. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, we, uh, we'll... Ch- should uh, get back into the swing of things. Uh, we're still kind of on the fence about weekly or bi-weekly. Um, again, this whole delay was because of me, uh, new job, life. Hey, you know what? It's okay. I appreciate that. Buddy. Yes, it's okay because life comes first. Yeah. And then the podcast is just something fun to sprinkle And the podcast on. is life. Buddy. Yes. Um, but, yeah, so we, we'll get back into the swing of things. All is life. <laughs> Thank you. <Tom. laughs> uh, and just kind of, you know, we'll do these, again, either weekly, biweekly, you know, catching up on how things are going. Uh, hopefully the next time we have this conversation, everyone is out of COVID. Uh, another thing I will say about the whole COVID thing before we wrap is I'm glad it's happening now. Yes. And not in the playoffs. Yes. And because not even like in the playoff run where like seeding is yeah. very important. Like right now it's just way too early to, yeah. to tell. And, and, and then you'll be able to get these guys back and recondition. And then and they can, they can build the chemistry from there. Yep. Like the chemistry is good right now, but it's. It's just yeah, better to just get it out that, of the way. That was our last little tidbit. But, yeah, yeah uh, we will definitely get back into the swing of things. Uh, very excited to be back on the Boat Row Bullies podcast. Uh, Connor, you want to take us out? Yes. So this has been the Boat Row Bullies podcast. Connor High, Izzy Glick. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, hope you have a wonderful night. Peace out.